0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest former Princeton Tiger Carly Bullock. But before we get to that interview, I'd just like to ask if you can follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter follow us on spotify and subscribe to us on apple podcasts leave a rating and review doing these things helps our podcast grow and helps new people find it and i appreciate that so much and if you're a returning listener thank you so much for coming back i appreciate that so much as well and if you know anyone who loves college hockey just as much as i do please recommend them this podcast i think it will be something they'll enjoy listening to but as i mentioned earlier Our podcast guest today is former Princeton Tiger, Carly Bullock. Great interview with her, as she was one of the best women's college hockey players in the past four years, in my opinion. She was Princeton's top goal scorer in the 21st century. Her 95 goals ranked fifth in program history, and she was also an ECAC champion this past season. So, great interview with her. So, without further ado, here is Carly Bullock. Enjoy, everyone. On today's podcast, we have former Princeton Tiger and ECAC champion Carly Bullock. Carly, thank you so much for joining us today, and how are you doing? And my first question to you is, how's quarantine been going for you, and how have you personally been dealing with this whole coronavirus thing?
1: Um, Well, in the beginning, it was a lot a lot tougher. Um, You know, having to leave school early, um, leave all my friends, have the hockey season cut short, that was absolutely devastating. Um, but now it's been getting a lot better, you know, uh, been able to get on, back on the ice, back in the gym. Um, so that's been, it's been a lot better now. Um, just still trying to stay safe and healthy and, um, while still being able to, you know, get, get on the ice and, and get back to normal life.
0: And I want to start off before you played for Princeton, you grew up in Eden Prairie. How did you start mm-hmm. playing hockey?
1: So, I' have an older brother. he's five years older than me, um, and I grew up watching him play. um we would go to I'd go to every rink with my parents to watch him, um and I wanted to be just like him. So I started skating probably at like one or two years old, just on the backyard rink um, just because i could I saw my brother doing it, and that's what I wanted to do. um so yeah, I just wanted to be like him and followed in his footsteps.
0: Now, did you have a favorite particular player growing up? And what part part about their game did you enjoy the most?
1: Uh, Yeah, growing up when I was younger, Sidney Crosby, he's always been my favorite. Um, Like ever since I can remember, probably about like 10 years old, he's been my favorite player. Um, Just watching him, it's like an art form, the way he plays and scores and can just see the the ice. It was amazing watching him um, when I was young.
0: And um, do you like one part about his game? I wonder if you understand or like is the work ethic that he has before and on and off the ice, the way he prepares and the way he like puts all of his energy in hockey. Is that something you try to emulate as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be as good as he is, you know, you know he is working so hard like day in and day out um, and to make it as far as he done and he has and accomplish as much as he has. Um, you definitely have to have the right work ethic. So that's also been something that I've looked up to from him. And, and you know, everyone that's that's playing at that level and um, in the Olympics and NHL, it's definitely something, you know, you have to you have to have a great work ethic to make it that far.
0: And before Princeton, you played for the Blake School. Talk about what it was like to play there.
1: So Minnesota high school hockey is definitely an amazing experience. Um, I know it's, it's very different than a lot of other states. So I was very fortunate to grow up in Minnesota for a hockey player. Um, it was an amazing experience. I loved playing at Blake. Um, we, were, we had a very good team my, my five years there. Um, so we, were, we actually won three state championships and getting to play in the XL Energy Center um, in front of and for the girls it's it's not packed but you know this whole school still comes and it's such a fun experience for a high school kid um, that really was really was a fun experience as as a high schooler I absolutely loved playing in Minnesota
0: High School League. And like you mentioned earlier you also won three state championships in your time there what did you do in particular to help t- sustain your team's success?
1: Since well Blake was a small school so we had you know, we had seventh graders playing on varsity. Um, and I think a big part of our success was, was our team culture at Blake, um, just because like when you have seventh graders playing with, with high schoolers, it can get, you know, it's, it's tricky, but um, I think we did a really great job of kind of including everyone and um, everyone kind of seeing their role um, and, and just wanting the best for the team. And that ultimately worked out for three years.
0: And how did uh, those experiences at Blake school help you prepare for college hockey?
1: Um, I think it really, really shaped me into, you know, the player I am today. Um, It gave me, you know, there was, there was great great talent in in Minnesota high school hockey. Um, So it it gave me competition. It gave me, um, and and playing with younger kids definitely helped me um, evolve into a leader. And I think that, Really was instrumental in um, becoming who I becoming the player I am today, and and you know how I've been at Princeton.
0: And um, is there any particular championship that you want to blake that you look back on the most?
1: Um, well, they're all very special, um, but I think my freshman year um, was probably the most special because when I was in eighth grade, I I was on varsity, and our coach very suddenly and um, tragically had passed away um in april and so in ninth grade it was a new new coach and um and ended up having a great relationship with with coach reed absolutely loved him as a coach and person but um that year was kind of our motto was to play for brano and to win for brano and um we ended up winning the state championship and we wore his patch on our, on our jerseys the whole year. So I think that one was really special and definitely something I'll never forget.
0: Well, that's a great story. And I want to talk about your recruiting process and why you chose Princeton, because I know when you go to an Ivy league school, it's a little bit different than going to a school that isn't Ivy because there's non letter intention and stuff like that. So talk about that. And why did you choose Princeton?
1: Yeah. So I wanted to go um, to an Ivy league school because I had the opportunity and, um, with hockey, you know, it's, it's, I wasn't sure if I would have been able to get that opportunity without it. So to be able to play hockey and attend the best school in the nation, um, it seemed like a very obvious choice for me. And then, uh, looking at other Ivies, Princeton just came down. It was the best, well, it is, it's the best school. Um, and then the, the, coaching staff there was amazing um the location was amazing campus everything was just like i couldn't imagine going anywhere else um but for the letter of intent so you can't sign it because it's contingent on your admission to the school um so you you commit i committed my fall of my junior year of high school and you have to still work really hard in school and and hockey because you have to get into the school hockey can help but it's not as much as um, some of the other schools just because of the rigor process of admission um, so you just have to keep working really hard in school um, up until you get your acceptance
0: letter well I want to talk about you playing in your first season as a freshman and what was the biggest adjustment you had to make playing college hockey was it the mental side of the game we're making quicker decisions or was it the physical side playing against players that are a lot older than you were
1: Um, It was definitely both. Um, In the beginning, I would say it was, it was more of the mental side, you know, just everything is coming at you so fast. You have, well, in in school, adjusting to college life, being away from home, and then you have the other aspects, hockey, everything's so much quicker, everyone's better. Um, That definitely took a while to get used to. Um, But everyone, at least on my team, was so supportive. Um, And, you know, they, everyone wants the best for the team. And, and wants the best for their teammates. So everyone is very helpful, um, you know, with school and um, helping you with classes and and with hockey, kind of explaining the way and um, you know showing like how how to be the best you can be in in all aspects of Princeton life. So it was definitely hard to uh, get used to, but I'd say after half the half my freshman year, I it clicked and and went off.
0: And you also beat number 10 ranked Quinnipiac in the quarterfinals in your freshman season. What was it like to beat such a good team at that time? And what did you learn during your first playoff ECAC run?
1: Yeah, that was a really special one too because I think it was the first time we had won a quarterfinal
0: um, ECAC
1: in, I don't remember the exact years, but in in some time. And so to be a part of that team, it was really, really special. Um, And, you know, just learning that, in in those in those moments you can never quit like playing a three game series that was the first series I had ever played and you can't like they are going to give everything they have and you can never quit and just you have to push through and and it's do or die and everyone wants to keep playing and to be able to you know come out on top and especially against such a great team and and we always say our league is the most competitive so to be able to beat that team my freshman year definitely just gave me a confidence boost in, in our whole team going forward.
0: And you also won ECAC Rookie of the Year that same year. Describe the emotions you were feeling when you found out you won that award.
1: So that was um that was amazing. I was I was so excited and nervous at that banquet. Um, you know there were great two other great players up against me, one by teammate, um, Stephanie B and um, Cornell, Kristen O'Neill. So I had absolutely no idea, um, who was going to win it. And, you know, I was just so honored and, and it was such an accomplishment, but I was, I was so honored to have won that. Um, it was definitely a really great time. And I was, I was very excited.
0: Now, during your sophomore year, your team lost to Cornell in a tough series. Did you take any away? did you take anything away from that series and that helped you for your junior and senior year?
1: Yeah, our sophomore year. So we had a really short um, roster that year. So that was a struggle, um, just kind of like everyone learning their place with a, such a short um, bench. So that was that was tough. But the from the series, I think we definitely learned that. Um, you know, well we we did win one game, so that was a big accomplishment for us. And and I think from that, we just kind of learned that like in our league and in, in hockey, any team can win on any given day. And like, you cannot take a day off, no matter how high you rank, ranked, because like we, pro- they, Cornell probably thought that they were going to come in and easy sweep. So for us to even just get one win um, for that year, like it would have been nice to be able to complete it, but to get that one win and, and even force a game three when they were ranked so much higher than us, um, it just, just reminded us always that any team can win on any given day and you can never take a team for granted.
0: You know, also during your sophomore year, your, your, your team upset the number one team in the country and the national champion of that year, Clarkson. Talk about being the number one team in the country that year and how did it help you it gaining, gaining confidence?
1: Yeah, that was uh, an amazing game. That was definitely the biggest um, confidence boost of that year. Um, we hadn't, I hadn't beaten Clarkson yet. Um, and, you know, just to do so with them being the amazing team that they were, and to go on and win the national championship and for us to have such a short bench you know so much adversity through that year it was probably the, it felt like we had just won the national championship it was and we shut them out it was absolutely amazing such a great confidence boost that we needed for that year to remind us you know we can we can do this and we ended up I mean, it wasn't our best year, but it was definitely a very memorable year. And to be able to beat the number one seed was amazing.
0: In your junior year, you got to play in the national tournament for the very first time. What was that experience like for you? And especially playing in in Minnesota, close to where you grew up.
1: Yeah, that was really fun um, to be able to come back to Minnesota and you know just playing in NCAA's. Um, it was the whole experience was amazing. We had a ton of family and friends there and, and they had a big welcome committee at the hotel and it just it felt like so surreal getting to Minnesota and you know playing the Gophers too which I grew up watching you know the um, Minnesota women's Gophers team I grew up watching them so to be able to play in Ritter and, and play against them it was definitely a really really exciting feeling um, and you know it would have been nice It would have been nice to win um, and keep going that year but I think for us, a lot of that team that was, was in Minnesota returned. And I think it was a a really good learning experience. And, you know, we kind of came back stronger and we weren't as like shell shocked as when we were ranked higher this year. And we were like, we are, we, we know that we can play with these teams because it it was a close game with Minnesota. Um, And we knew that we could play with these high ranked teams and we can play with anyone in the nation. And, it was definitely a really great experience so I was really happy and and to be in Minnesota it was just the cherry on top
0: now going into your senior year what type of leadership were you trying to bring to this year's Princeton team um
1: I would say i'm I was the very um, like motivational leader um, especially in game time um, you know i'm I get very into very into our games um, and when we weren't I would you know I would just kind of like let let the team know what, what what's going on what's what's happening during the game what we need to pick up um, I'm very vocal in the locker room so I think that played a big part in it um, and yeah you know just just always kind of picking people up when they're down and and trying to keep the energy up and you know letting people know too when when something's not right and and just trying to you know be the best leader I could be and how to fix things you know all the, the little things.
0: Now, I want to talk about this past year, and especially the ECAC playoffs. You had a really good regular season. What was the message heading into that ECAC playoffs?
1: Yeah, so this is, you know, it's it's still so, it seems surreal this past year and just everything that happened and the ending. But um, we had such a good year, too. But going into the playoffs, we were playing Quinnipiac again, who, even though we were playing them in the first round of playoffs, were ranked – I think number 10 in the nation. So, you know, to be playing that good of a team in the first round of your conferences playoffs is like absolutely crazy. So you think, and we always say like that the ECAC is the best and the most talented conference. And I think that just goes to prove it, that you can play such a high ranked national team in the first round of playoffs. Um, But yeah, going in, you know, we know that any team can beat anyone on any given day and, and, Quinnipiac did they they got a win and it was not an easy series and I think we were ready for it we were we were so so ready for that playoff series and and for that playoff run um and you know the overtime was very very stressful um but we were lucky to our our fitness prevailed and we were able to to win that series and move on and you know it was crazy because one shot could have gone the other way and Our season would have been over but everyone played great that that weekend we really rallied together and I think that that really helped our our win.
0: Uh, What challenges did Quinnipiac bring during that series and how did you compare it to the last time you played them in the playoffs?
1: I think the biggest thing was that they they did not give up they did not stop Um, and the first game we scored four goals very quickly um, and you know that that game it was it's kind of easy. Like once we got the four goals in in the first I don't know, like ten minutes something of the game, um, we were like, oh, we've got this. And then they came back the second game and beat us. And and the third game they came back and um when we were up and we were like we, we got a little worried. But um, you know, just that I'd say that was a challenge and and you know we're, we're you're always prepared, like you think you're always prepared for these um until it happens. So I think that just, just kind of, we had to remember that, like, even though we are the higher-seeded team, they are not giving up. Like this, they're putting everything on the line. Um, this is their season too. So I think that was just kind of the hardest part too. And the Coney just did not quit. They were, they were trying so hard. They were playing physical. They were, they played amazing. It was, it was such a fun series.
0: No. Going into the championship game against Cornell, you guys just beat Clarkson, who had the Patty Kazmaier Award winner. What was your mindset heading into that game against the number one team in the country in their barn?
1: That was – going into it, I don't even – I couldn't even tell you what, what our <laughs> – it was going through our minds. Um, you know, it was kind of for us – I think we had already – we had already pretty much secured um, an at-large bid and we were we were just excited to be in the ECAC um, finals because we had never been there as a program and and I remember the day before just being so excited to even continue playing and not going home on the bus which we had done uh, twice prior so just that it was the initial shock of it was all kind of like wait this is we can do it and then you know we realized like we could beat Cornell like yeah, we hadn't beaten them during the regular season, but we knew how they played, like, we know how to beat this team, and it was absolutely devastating going down 2-0 so quickly, um, but our team really pulled together, and, and you know, it wasn't, it was just kind of a, like, why, like we can do it, like, let's just go, like, let's just play hockey, let's have fun. Um, I think it was nice that there wasn't the Like, it was stressful because we wanted to win the ECAC championship, but it was kind of nice, like, almost having that thought in the back of our head that, like, even if we don't win, like, we most likely will get an at large bid. It will be really, like, it would be really amazing to win the ECACs, but just kind of having that thought, like, it's fine. Like, let's just go play. Like, let's let's do it. Let's win. Like, that's not going to be the end of the world, but it was definitely one of the, like, weirdest mindsets I've had going into a championship game since we like didn't have to win but I think that really helped.
0: Now when you won against Cornell in overtime winning the ECAC championship what emotions were you feeling winning your first ever ECAC championship especially since a team like Cornell who's obviously the number one team in the country at the time?
1: Yeah that was just pure joy. I when when we saw like in the puck too like it bounced off different people that went up and over the goalie we had no idea what had just happened we were just like ran out and dogpiled Mariah like it was absolutely crazy um you know not again we won the ECAC after our first time being in the final game first time program history and we beat the number one team not only in the ECAC but in the entire nation like it was just absolutely madness we were so so excited Um, we had just done you know so much we had come back from being down 2-0 in the first couple minutes of the game like it was just and and we had lost to them last year in in ECACs not in the finals but in um, semis so that just felt great to come back beat them in their own rink in front of their own fans which and it was it was very very full um, and the Cornell fans are very loud so that was Absolutely amazing to kind of stick it to them and win in front of their fans.
0: Now you're you were supposed to play in the NCAA tournament this year before everything got shut down. Where did you find out, and what was the reaction amongst your teammates and yourself since you just realized you played your final game at Princeton?
1: It was absolutely devastating. Um, we, you know, we we go back all the time and and we've talked it all through, but. We were actually getting ready to leave for Boston um, to go play Northeastern. We, our bags were packed in the locker room. We were just kind of waiting on the bus on the all clear because, you know, we'd been hearing all day like, oh, Boston doesn't want us to come because there had been some cases in, in the town of Princeton, not in the university, but in the town. So Northeastern didn't want us to come. Then. And we heard that like Princeton athletics didn't want us to go because they were worried we were going to get it in Boston and come back and just all this waiting, it was a waiting game. So I was actually in, in my um, room um, with a couple, couple friends and the worst part too, was that it, it got um, tweeted before we actually knew um, before our coaches knew. So, we saw a tweet from the NCAA saying that they canceled the rest of the winter post seasons. And I think that was just like the hardest part, like not being able to be told in like a calm way by our coach and like being prepared. Like we were on our phones, like packing our rooms up ready to go to Boston. And then we see a tweet of all things and our coaches didn't even know. So then we, we get on the phone and we're like, wait, is this real? Is this including us? Like, what is going on? And and no one knew anything. Um, And then eventually, a couple minutes later, we figured it out that it was everything was done. Um, And that was just heartbreaking. You know, we had had such a good run and such a good year. And we really felt like this was our year to win. Um, So that was that was really tough. But, you know, we really came together that, that night. And those next couple days, we had a quick um, banquet. That Kara put together Um, so that was really nice just to be together one last time as a team and you know it it was absolutely devastating but I think I think our team handled it in the best way possible and I was glad that you know we were all able to come together for a quick little like banquet thing Um, and it was looking back it was it was nice to be together in those those final moments.
0: Now, do you look back on that and realize how lucky you were, though, that you won your final game in overtime and winning a championship where many players in the country didn't even have the opportunity to play in a final game or in a playoff game in that matter?
1: Yeah, I think that it's it's both, you know, it's both comforting and, and it makes it that much harder, too, because, you know, had our season ended a week before, our season would have already been done when all of this had happened. So it was looking back I'll always remember that my last game like in a Princeton uniform we won the ECAC championship we beat the number one team in the nation but then you also have to think like we were on a roll like we were playing so well and so then you always think what if Uh, and I know those other seven teams that were were going to the NCAAs they're definitely thinking that too but it is it is very comforting to look back and be able to say that. My last game, my last collegiate hockey game, we were ECAC championship champions. So you know it's it's bittersweet, but I definitely think if if it had to end, that was probably the best way it could have.
0: And I want to talk about one of your teammates, Sarah Fillier. We've gotten a lot of players on the um, on the podcast talking about how great of a player she is. I want to get your opinion on what she's like as a teammate as a player, especially since you played with her in college for two years.
1: Yeah, Sarah is, she is a one of a kind player. Um, You know, she is not only an amazing player, she's an amazing person too. Um, And I was actually coming in her freshman year, I was actually her mentor. Um, We do like a uh, freshman junior mentor mentee system. So, um, you know, that was nice just to be able to kind of connect with her before she even got to school. Um, And, you know, she is just a all around great person. She's funny super nice um but then on the ice she is lethal like and I've been not only been on the same team but pretty much the same line for two years um and getting to play with her has just been amazing like she has the best vision she's fast she's tenacious she's every every aspect of her game is amazing um and I've said it said it a bit much before but you know, I can't. I can't wait to see how much she accomplishes in the future. You know, with with Princeton and with um, Canada, because I know she is going to be, going to be around in hockey for a long time, and and she is going to accomplish some amazing things. Cause she is truly a one of a kind player.
0: Now, another team I want to talk about, who's also very good, is Maggie Connors. Talk about playing with her and how good her game is as well.
1: Yeah, and that was our other line mate. So you know, those two just they, they really. You know, coming to in freshman year, like I, I said, it it can be really difficult, and I think those two really stepped up to the challenge, and, and we needed a boost that year. We needed some some people to come in and really, you know, play play some great hockey, and I'd say those two absolutely crushed it. Like they played so well both years, um, and Maggie is, she is, absolutely amazing as well. Her shot is probably one of the best that I've ever seen. Um, you know, men's or women's hockey. She is an absolute sniper, um, and you know she came in freshman year and just was our leading goal scorer. Like she is, it's it's amazing to to watch and and watch them grow and as players and and people and students. And again, she'll be doing amazing things for Princeton and Canada for for a long time. And I'm so so honored that I got to play with with Maggie and and Sarah.
0: Now, how do, you, how do you balance academics and hockey, especially playing in an Ivy League school where there's a lot of rigorous academics, but you also have a tough ECAC schedule as well?
1: Yeah, that was definitely a hard thing to, to learn how to do um, freshman year. But, you know, like I said, the older girls are, like when I was a freshman, um, were really good at kind of helping and like um, showing us that time management that we needed. Um, you know, we do a lot of work on the road a lot of work on the bus and you know it's always like so a couple times with we'll stay at the same hotel with our travel partner um Quinnipiac and we'll be in the lobby doing homework and and they'll be like going out to get like coffee or or meet friends from the other team and and you know just like hanging out and we're (laughs) we're all sitting in the lobby doing homework so those times it's a little tough but you know you you have to think like I'm getting the best education that I possibly can, and unfortunately, women's hockey isn't forever. And and for that to to be able to get the education at the number one university, and to be able to play on such an amazing hockey team in a great league, you know, you're really getting the best of both worlds. And and it is hard to manage at times, but I'd say yeah, you you learn pretty quickly um, your time management skills and. You know, like I said, utilize road trips and, and the bus time.
0: Now you obviously you obviously get to play in a cool Hopi Baker rink in Princeton, but besides that rink, what's your favorite road arena to play in?
1: Um, I would say Dartmouth. Um, for well, it is for two reasons. Um, it's a really nice rink. Um, they have I like their their stands. Um, but also my brother went there. So I'm a little, a little biased. So it's, I had gone to his games a couple of times, you know, and watched. I actually watched a Dartmouth-Princeton men's game um, when I was a senior in high school. So that was really cool. And then, you know, to be on one side watching at a rink and then playing in it is, is really fun. Um, so, you know, for that reason, and and just being up in, in Hanover is always really fun. Um, I would say Dartmouth is my, my favorite road arena.
0: You had the opportunity last summer to participate in the USA Hockey Festival in Lake Placid. What was it like to be a part of that and playing against some of the best players in the country?
1: That was a uh, great learning experience. Um, You know, those USA Hockey camps, they're always very stressful because you're being evaluated and you're playing against some of the best players, but it's a great experience. And, 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 you know, playing against Olympians and with Olympians, and it's very scary at first, but then like You realize like I am seriously getting the best competition, the best leadership in the the world, in the U.S. Um, And, you know, it was just a really humbling experience to be there with such amazing players. And I think I learned a lot and, you know, I'm excited to keep going and, you know, translate what I've learned there, what I've learned Princeton in the future.
0: Now we're getting to the non-hockey segment of the podcast. We're asking you some non-hockey questions. And my first one is, what's your favorite thing about Princeton that isn't hockey related?
1: Um, so I can't think of just one. Well, first off, I would say, like, the history. You know, the the buildings are amazing. Like, the, the history of the university, it's so old. You know, you have some of the best professors, and because of, like, the renowned school. So I'd say that and like the buildings are all look amazing. Um, it's really cool just to walk through campus and and you I would catch myself even after being there for years just like admiring you know where I'm going to school. Um, and then also we have um, eating clubs. They're like kind of a, a fraternity sorority mixed in one with our meal plan. It's it's a I don't know. It's a bit of a confusing thing, but that it's like our, our second community um, outside hockey. Um, and I was in, I loved my eating club, loved the people in it. And I'd say that was also like a very, very um, unique thing to Princeton that I, I absolutely
0: loved. What is your biggest pet peeve?
1: <laughs> um, I would say loud chewers or like gum smackers. Yeah. Um, you know, just sitting next to people in, like, dining halls and, and dining rooms if they are chewing loud and, and in lecture if people are smacking their gum. Like, it is so distracting to me.
0: Um, what music do you listen to before a game?
1: Um, I pretty much listen to, like, everything. I'm never never the one on Aux, so I'll listen to what people have on Aux, but um, in my own headphones, I'm usually listening to know like kind of pump up music but not too too crazy um and I have a tradition actually that started in high school um with Carly Lund that we listened to it's not even like really a real song it's someone's just like made it a rap it's um called clear eyes full hearts so it's from like the um that saying and they made a full rap on it and I've listened to it before every college game and a lot of high school games too.
0: Um, what's your ideal vacation spot
1: the beach for sure you know being in Minnesota and and playing hockey getting away to warm weather is is always ideal
0: um who on the team is the funniest
1: Hmm. let me think um I would say oh gosh there's so many (laughs) it's hard to think um Sharon Frankel. Um, she's absolutely hilarious. And when you need a laugh, she will always make you laugh. And it might be a little weird, but she is hilarious and a great presence
0: in the locker room. Now my final non-hockey question is who's is the quietest on Princeton hockey?
1: Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. We're we're a pretty <laughs> we're a pretty vocal team. Uh, we're we, this past year, especially we were very crazy. Um, I would say, like to the general public, I would say Kayla is pretty quiet. But again, once you get to know her, she absolutely is also hilarious and and really comes out of her shell. But I'd say probably she's one of the quietest on our team.
0: Now, getting back to some final hockey-related questions before we let you go: Is what do you think has to be done to grow women's hockey?
1: Um, you know, I think a big thing and what they're trying to do right now is just, uh, you know, compensating more and, and having, uh, like an increase in pay. And I absolutely admire what everyone is doing in the PWHPA. And I think fighting for this is fighting for like a sustainable women's league is what we need. Um, and I also think it would be huge if more NHL teams, um, kind of stepped up and helped the league get started, um, but yeah, I think, I think definitely the compensation is a big aspect of it. Um, and I would love to see something come from, come from the PWHPA. And, and I think that, that the work everyone's doing um, is absolutely amazing. And I'm hopeful that in sometime, you know, in my lifetime, there will be a, a league that's, you know, comparable to the WNBA. And that's, that's what everyone hopes for. And, and I think, you know, I think it's possible, but we'll, we'll see.
0: What is what has been your favorite memory at Princeton so far for hockey?
1: Um, definitely winning ECACs. That was a moment that will never be beat. Um, for it being our first time, and just everything that went into that game and and this season was
0: absolutely amazing. Now, what do you plan to do after graduation and in hockey?
1: So I'm actually leaving in like a week to go to Sweden. Um, I'm playing in the professional women's league in Sweden um, for Lynch So I am super, super excited for that. Um, I'm really excited, you know, to be able to explore a new country and, and also to continue my hockey career. So that will be awesome. And I'm excited to get over there.
0: Now, do you have any shout outs before we let you go?
1: <laughs> um, I'll, well, I'll give a shout out to my whole team. Um, I miss you guys so much, and also to um, Katerina and Lauren, because I told them about this before, so um, hi guys.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Carly, for coming on. I wish you the best in Sweden, and congratulations on graduating Princeton. That's a cool accomplishment.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really nice to talk.
0: Just wanted to say thank you so much to Carly for coming on the podcast. I wish her nothing but the best in Sweden. I know she's going to do great there. And it was so much fun getting the opportunity to talk and meet with her. Um, There is some college hockey news before we wrap up today. One news that broke just today is that Atlantic Hockey announced that they will start up their season in the weekend of November 13th and November 14th. Uh, it will be a 24-game schedule. They are following the lead of the Big Ten. However, the Atlantic Hockey will be divided in two separate pods, the East Pod and the West Pod, with, I think, six different teams from, each, uh, from the division will be in each pod. So I think they'll be only playing those six teams. Like I said in a few, a couple podcasts ago about the ECAC's plan to do this, I'm not a big fan, but I think with the circumstances that is, it makes sense why they have to do it that way. But I'm just happy college hockey is back, and I'm glad that conferences are starting to announce that they'll be returning. I'm assuming that Hockey East will do the same shortly, along with the WCHA. I'm assuming those announcements will be coming official and coming out soon and i hope they do and we'll be getting ready for some college hockey coming out uh, next month which should be very exciting also to add on this atlantic hockey announcement is that long island university which is a new division one college hockey program uh will be within the atlantic hockey for this season just this season i think um it's kind of like arizona state arizona states joining the big ten for just for just this year Long Island University is joining Atlantic hockey for the, just this year, but it could mean something much, much more bigger in the future, but for now, that is where those two conference teams will be. Like I said, I think this is good news for Long Island University. It's their only first year as a Division One college hockey program, and they're already in a conference that's pretty impressive, and I think... Atlantic Hockey would work well for them and I hope this is kind of like an audition for them to be in the conference permanently and I hope that's the same for Arizona State as well but just a good announcement that college hockey will be coming back and that we got another conference that is announced officially when they will be coming back so now we're just waiting on the WCHA, ECAC and Hockey East to announce that they'll come back which I assume those announcements will be coming soon also in college hockey news is the Frozen Four sites have been announced for both the men's and women's teams. In 2023, the Frozen Four will be in Tampa. In 2024, the Frozen Four will be in St. Paul, Minnesota. In 2025, the Frozen Four will be in St. Louis. And in 2026, the Frozen Four will be in Las Vegas. I think these are four excellent sites, and I think they're going to do a great job hosting the Frozen Four. I'm especially excited to see Vegas host the Frozen Four. I think that's going to be really cool. I think the real loser in this is Detroit. Apparently, they couldn't bid for another Frozen Four because it was too far along in the process. so They basically lost a Frozen Four in 2020, and now they can't get one to at least 2027. So that kind of sucks for that city and those fans, but I hope they get it back soon. And hopefully, a Frozen Four will be played in Detroit soon because I think they would have done a good job hosting. So I didn't want to leave them out, but I think the four sites that they chose for the men's side were fantastic, and I think they're going to do a great job hosting. The women's side also announced where they're going to be hosting their Frozen Force as well, and they will be in. In 2023, it will be in Duluth, Minnesota. 2024, it's going to be in Durham, New Hampshire. 2025, it's going to be in Minneapolis. And in 2026, it's going to be in University Park, Pennsylvania, which is in Penn State. I think these are another four great host sites, and I think they're going to do a fantastic job. Obviously, some of these sites have already hosted previously, so I'm more excited to see it in Duluth, Minnesota. I don't think it's been hosted there, at least in a while. I'm not quite sure, so I think that's going to be a cool site and see Uh, what the setup's going to look like there. That's my personal preference, but four good sites uh, for the women's side as well. And yeah, that's about it for College Hockey News. Uh, When there's more news, I'll definitely talk about it. But thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It means a lot to me. Uh, Please follow our Instagram, Twitter. um, Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. And thank you for listening up to this point. I truly appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next time with another great interview. We've recorded so many great interviews uh just a couple of weeks ago so i'm excited to release those starting uh in a couple of weeks from now so it should be pretty exciting but thank you guys for listening see you guys next week stay safe everyone and peace
2: I've been trying hard to keep my cool. But when you're near, there's nothing that I can do. When you're walking in, I know it's true. It doesn't even matter how hard I try.